0: Talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about tonight tonight, you go out and just take one more step. One, two, three, it's a view from the West. And it starts right now. Welcome back to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, once again joined by Mitch Stormer. It's a view from the west. We're covering Illinois high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. That includes the Western Big Six Conference, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, the Lincoln Trail Conference, and the Northwest Upstate Illini. Mitch, we have games to talk about from week one. We have previews from week two. So welcome in. How exciting was it to kind of get back in the flow of things and, you know, see some real high school football?
1: Yeah. Like you said, we, you know, we've been talking uh, over the, the the spring and the summer about what this was going to look like finally getting a a full year back. And, you know, it's one thing to see, you know, uh, watching some of these uh, online broadcasts of these games and, and seeing the teams obviously is exciting, but really it's just the ambiance, right? It's, it's seeing the fans, it's seeing streamers, it's hearing the noise, it's hearing the announcers talk about the 50-50 raffle. It's, you know, you know whatever the pot was in Princeton on Friday night, so it's it's good to see everything back. Um, and uh, week one, you know, had a lot of a lot of things that we probably expected, and some things that we certainly didn't.
0: Yeah, I was uh, back helping out WQAD the score their Friday night football coverage, and I covered three games Friday night. I got ambitious in week one, covered three games, and uh, started at Annawan Weathersfield. Uh, at Wethersfield High School. And man, it felt so good to be back on the sidelines. And as soon as I walked in, uh, athletic director, basketball coach Jeff Parsons was right there to greet me, say hello, good to see you. And it was so good to see a familiar face and to be on the sidelines. I didn't do anything in the spring as far as high school football was concerned. I mean, we, Me and you talked about it. We watched a lot of games online, but I wasn't in person for anything. So it felt really good to be back on the sidelines covering high school football. And, and we'll get into all of it. But, uh, you know, Mitch, like every week, we start with our viewpoints. You know, the storylines, the topics, the things that really caught our attention in week one. So I'll, Mitch, I'll let you start. What's the first viewpoint? What stood out to you in week one?
1: Yeah, let me, let's me let pivot to uh, the track first. Um, what a, what a, a nice and, and really a long, a big, win for BV um, they, they went over Riverdale. And we'll talk about that game later on in the show, but they, they get the first win of the, of the coach pistol area. Uh, they did it in front of their home crowd. So um, you could just see how much excitement that those kids had and, you know, all the hard work that they put in coach told us all about that. They were all, they were all in on the system, despite having some low numbers this year. Um, and so what a great scene. And, you know, they're playing with a heavy heart this year. They, they had a, a tragedy occur over the summer. Uh, they lost a student athlete and they've got decals on the helmet. So all in all, a great Saturday for BV um, and, and hopefully not the last.
0: Yeah. We'll talk more about that game in a little bit, but I was really happy to see coach pistol get that win because following along with their program on Twitter and just kind of knowing his backstory, like, man, I feel like he's got the, you know, he's got the pedigree. He's got the resume to make it work. And I really like what he's doing there. And it's good to see him and the players especially get that hard work to pay off in week one. And I think there's more wins down the road for that team. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but really good to see that. I'm going to go to the big schools. I'm going to go to the Western Big Six. And I'm starting with some road warriors, some road winners in the Western Big Six. The big ones that stood out to me, Moline and Sterling, going on the road, getting some big non-conference wins to start the year. And Mitch, I think what I what I really like about this, I love when the Western big six conference play kicks in and you really see, you know, who matches up well against each other. But the important thing in the early part of the season is how well does the Western big six get notoriety around the state? If you can win some games early in the season and people take note of your team and your conference, I think that's huge. And both those teams played really well and got impressive road wins. So I and my hat's off to Moline and Sterling. We'll talk more about the wins, but that that stood out to me right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, whenever you, you know, see those, these non-conference games, especially in the Western Big Six, because they do it, they might do it a little bit more than the other conferences that we do, but, you know, you see a lot of Chicago schools, and there's just so many schools in that area. And so when we, you know, you see really good Chicago teams come in, and you see maybe not as good. So uh, always good to see how, uh, how our, area, our area stacks up, and they certainly uh, showed off on Friday and Saturday, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to stay in really in the same vein, uh, in the same conference, uh, going to a team that we talked about a lot in the spring. I'm going with UT here, uh, a big win on Saturday. Uh, it, it was cut short due to the heat, but they continue that spring momentum that they had. Um, you know, Greg, I saw one prediction, uh, that they were going to lose every, every game this year. And, and of course, none of us took any stock in that, but, uh, it goes to show that the kids certainly don't. So good start for UT. Uh, congrats to them. Uh, like I said, you know, keeping, everything that they did in the spring, it shows that that really started the ball rolling and it's, it's, it's going this season for sure.
0: Yeah. It wasn't Steve Susie didn't make the same mistake two years in a row. But, right. But somebody, whoever did like, I don't, yeah,
1: I don't remember who it was. I don't give them the time to, no. uh, to even remember, but I know that I saw it. So uh, congrats it's, to the Panthers.
0: It's ridiculous. Somebody is not yeah. watching football in the Western big six recently. Yeah. I'm going to go with, um. you mentioned Bureau Valley getting a win. Um, you know, a big win, their first one. They didn't get a win last year. I'm going to keep on that theme and go to the Lincoln Trail Conference. Stark County, There's a program, a proud program with a long, rich tradition in football. But man, they've struggled the last few years and they really struggled in the spring. But they went on the road to Ridgewood. Ridgewood, a team that we were really impressed with a year ago, and they got the win and they looked really good doing it. We'll talk more about the game, obviously, coming up. But congrats to the Rebels. Congrats to coach Nord. It's big for that program like that, that struggled, but knows that they can do it to get that little confidence to start the year. So credit to Stark County.
1: Yep. Um, and really for my, my third viewpoint, I'm going to stick with the first time winners, but more so teams that were playing their first games in their new conferences uh, teams like Mendota in the track got their first win uh, in that conference, Fulton newcomers to uh then UIC, you know, they win their opener. And then in the Lincoln Trail, Knoxville and A-Town both get big wins. So um, all these newcomers that we've talked about coming into new conferences this uh, this fall, all coming away, uh, or for the most part, coming away with wins. So uh, good to see they're really you know putting their name out there, that uh, they are uh, players to be had here in these tough conferences.
0: Yeah, I think it's programs that are stepping up into good conferences. It's going to make for some really good competitive football down the road in the next eight weeks now. My last viewpoint, my viewpoint number three, I'm going with the big name teams having some big name individuals standing out. That being Princeton and Newman getting big wins in week one in some rivalry type of games, some games that could have some real impact in the Three Rivers Conference with Newman beating Morrison and Princeton beating Rock Ridge. But I'm looking at Princeton quarterback Tegan Davis and I'm looking at Newman's running back Marcus Williams both those guys man they put on a show in week 1 and if if that's even a hint of what we will see throughout the year man that is a great start for both of those guys i'm really excited to see what they can do and they really led their programs to victory and did it in really impressive fashion
1: yeah um like you said i was able to see uh, i was able to watch one of the games and see highlights of the other one we'll get to that later but Yeah, those guys just completely, uh, you know, shined the brightest on the biggest stage in week one. So uh, awesome performances by them. And uh, we'll get into it as uh, we talk about these game recaps here in a little bit.
0: That's right. Let's jump right into the Western Big Six recaps, the breakdowns of week one. We'll start with Sterling getting the win at Villa Lake 31-9. to Sterling has won their last seven openers. That's courtesy of, of course, Brian Stocking, who knows all these things. And you know, who knows why he knows them, but he knows them and we're impressed nonetheless. Glad to have him. (laughs) Credit to Brian Stocking. There won their last seven openers, Sterling has. They exploded 21 unanswered points in the second half. They get the big non-conference win. They open the third quarter with a five-yard touchdown from Antonio Tablante. He had 103 yards on the game. Another touchdown from Tyree Kelly that helped out adding to the lead. But man, I saw a run from Drew Kested, a 75 yard touchdown run from the quarterback. And man, I tell you what, you look down the last five, seven, 10 years even, and man, Sterling just insert a new quarterback who gets protection from a great line And man, he's off to the races. That's just what Sterling does. It just looks like a carbon copy of so many other quarterbacks who's done it. And that's a credit to that coaching staff and those players who execute so well on offense.
1: Yeah, we saw a little bit of that in the spring with Sterling where they ran into some COVID issues, some injuries issues. So they really uh, had a revolving door on their offense of where you would see players maybe playing quarterback. They'd be a running back the next week. They'd come back to quarterback. So Um, You know, good to see the Golden Warriors do what they do and and, and win, not only win in the opener, like you said, past uh, seven years that they've won, um, but maintain that status because they are technically still the defending champions in the conference. um, And so to to get a a win, a non-conference win, uh, nonetheless, but still uh, getting off a a good win uh, where they, they really were strong in the second half, um, and a ground and pound team, like you said. So it's going to bode well for them. So good one for them uh, here in week one.
0: Yeah, and I think for a Sterling team that maybe had some, you know, like Coach Schlemmer said before the year started, some inexperience, some players that were green, that were going need to need to grow up quickly. Man, that's a good road win to get. It's, it's not easy to get a road win at any time, especially yep. when you're going that far. And to get one in week one, man, and that race to that five, six, seven win total to ensure yourself – a good playoff seed. That's an important one. Let's keep moving down the list. Another important road win that we've already referenced. Moline goes on the road and gets the 28 to seven win over St. Lawrence. They actually muffed a punt early and that set up St. Lawrence for a short field and they took advantage. So Moline was down seven, nothing. And man, from there, Moline's defense did work. They held St. Lawrence in check. Then, then guess who took over? It's guys we've talked about. Alec Ponder hits Matthew Bailey for two touchdowns. Riley Fuller gets a big, long touchdown run. 28-7. They come away with the win. Moline's defense, give them credit, finished with four turnovers, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions, and that gets the job done. That's a big road win.
1: Yeah. So like you said, you, you you hit all the familiar names that we talked about in the spring and that when we when we previewed Moline that we were excited about in the conference with, with Ponder and Bailey and – um, like you said, Fuller proved that he's a weapon too. So, uh, yeah, another another team that, like Sterling, gets a big win um, and carries momentum into the into the fall as we get through this. But yeah, like you said, with the defense, when they're when they're when they're causing four turnovers, you know, fumbles, interceptions, then holding a St. Lawrence team uh, in check. Really should give them some confidence as they start getting into one more non conference game and then, and then really into a Western Big Six play.
0: Yeah, I think it's like what we talked about for a lot of these Western Big Six teams off of what we saw in the spring. If you can get consistent, good defense, that's going to go a long way because a lot of these offenses are good to go. They're going to put up points. Yep. But if you get some stops, that becomes really critical. Speaking of great defensive performances, Galesburg they played great they just came up a little bit short Dunlap beat some 7-6 but man Galesburg's defense did some really good work Galesburg had a chance late fourth quarter Tristan Legate found Aaron Carl for a touchdown pass that had about 30 seconds left on the clock they were down by one head coach Derek Blackwell chose to go for two and actually interesting side note they were down one or maybe even two kickers who were on the soccer team, who were not there that night. They are at a soccer tournament. They are on the road, so they weren't available. Um, Coach Blackwell said, regardless of ki- the kicking situation, they were going to go for two anyway. Mm-hmm. They came up just short. I give them credit. If you're at home, go for it. Try to grab yeah. that win. When you've been trailing all game, try to steal that win in the last 30 seconds. Unfortunately, like I said, it came up short, but great effort from Galesburg.
1: Yeah, that's the mentality that you want to have, right? Not to, not to take anything away from, from kickers, but in, in that situation, late in the fourth, you know, um, uh, you're a new head coach and you're in that situation where there's not much time left. Yeah, you're right. You go for two and you live with that decision and they're going to do that. Um, you know, offensively, maybe not what they were looking for. Certainly, uh, you know, penalties killed Galesburg in this game. And so when you have issues like that, if your offense isn't really clicking – um and, and you're you are self-sabotaging with penalties that's almost a good thing to take away from the game that you were still in it with all of those mistakes so you know things that you would see in week one you know it's not abnormal Galesburg keep your head up um and you know Dunlap assistant coach uh you know Willits is certainly familiar to the area so that's a good team in Dunlap too in the middle line I so um yeah I, I would not take a whole lot away from this game uh from Galesburg because uh I think they're going to clean it up and uh look to get a win here week two.
0: Yeah, I think there's just too much talent on Galesburg to not put up more points. And clearly they were competitive in this game. And like you said, even with some self-inflicted penalties, clean things up a little bit. I think they're in a good spot. Keep moving down the list. Geneseo, big win over Chicago Noble, 49 to nothing. Man, we talked a lot about Geneseo's defense last year, but Mitch, man, Geneseo's defense, they're still there. They're still doing work.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing, Greg, is that you would get harked on from some Western Big Six coaches about calling it, uh, <laughs> you know, the Big 12. And so far here in week one, a little bit different mentality. So uh, either, they, uh, either they weren't listening to you or they did and changed some things up because, yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of good uh, defensive performances here. Um, for Geneseo, like you said, this was, this was all about them. They forced five turnovers and, and held Noble to 51 total yards. Like, you know, where do you – Where do you see that anymore? That's just a tremendous, tremendous effort. Um, The biggest highlight was Will Taylor had a 99-yard interception return for a touchdown. Um, Junior D lineman Andrew Nelson had three tackles for loss. It it negated about 12 yards from the noble offense. So, um, you know, and offensively, Greg, where'd you see where they come up with 49 points in this one?
0: Yeah, Mitch, offensively, It was, you know, a stable of running backs, just, you know, a host of offensive players doing work over 200 yards on the ground. Geneseo was able to establish themselves early and often. And when you got the defense being so stifling, man, that's a recipe for success and good for Geneseo to get off on the right foot and really build some positive momentum here moving forward. But man, kind of on the complete opposite end of things, you look at Rock Island, they lost to Pekin 21-0, and penalties killed both teams in the first half, but the Dragons were able to come away you know, big in the second half. Uh, Kane Tyler finishes the game with 279 yards and a touchdown, and, man, he was the big difference. But I was really surprised to see the Rocks' offense come up with zero points in week one. Just, It's always
1: just so hard week one, right? Um, if your offense isn't clicking and we know that that Rock Island offense will they they are much too talented to not, um, and when penalties just, you know, uh, take everything away from any momentum that you do have. So yeah, a tough, a tough opener for Pekin or sorry for, for Rock Island against Pecon, I should say, but it's a long season and they got, they got a lot of, a lot of games to go. So I have no, uh, no doubt that coach hammer is going to get in the film room and get these guys back and get ready for week two.
0: The other game on Friday night was uh, Davenport Assumption over on the Iowa side, defeated Allam in 62 to nothing. So, really, uh, you know, not much good to take away from the start for Allam. And that, that's a tough one to start their season. Obviously, you hope they can bounce back. Um, I believe this next week they play uh, Quincy Notre Dame, who they look to be pretty good this year, too. But, um, you know, just a tough one for Allam. And we'll move ahead to Saturday action. And it was a little better on Saturday for the Western yeah. Big Six, to say the very least. United Township over Lindblom, 46 to nothing on the second play of the game, the second play of the season for the Panthers. Daryl Stewart goes 70 yards for a touchdown. So in case anyone was worried about who United Township had, they stepped up and answered. Darrell Stewart did the job right there early. They looked good right from the start. And that's only a halftime score. Right. They cut it short because of heat.
1: Yeah. I think if I'm remembering right, they were replacing every single member of their offense from the spring. So I
0: heard 11, yep. 11 needed to be replaced.
1: And so, and especially when it's someone like Kane Smith, who did just extraordinary things in the spring um, and and just a a whole new lineup comes in there for UT. And like you said, they, they put up 46 in the first half and the game's called uh, due to heat. Um, In addition to Stewart, they had, they had Lauren Arrington. He scored two touchdown TDs and he had a, an interception on defense um, and, and they had some passing touchdowns too. So a really balanced effort from UT. And like I said, my viewpoint good for them to really get off on a good start um, and to keep that spring success going here uh, in the fall.
0: Yeah. I'm interested to kind of keep an eye on um, the connection between Matthew Kelly and Demas Slater. They had two touchdown pass connections in this game. I think that's a key for them if they can establish that run game, but they have, you know, a threat through the air. could be a dynamic offense, once again, for the United Township Panthers. Mitch, let's look ahead at the games coming up this week for the Western Big Six coming up in Week 2. There will still be non-conference games. United Township is at East Peoria. Galesburg is at Morton. Sandwich is at Geneseo. Bennett Academy is at Moline. Alleman travels to Quincy Notre Dame. Rock Island is at Dunlap. And then the big one, at least the one that stands out to me, Lombard Montini coming to Sterling. So you talk about a marquee matchup in Sterling next week. Montini, they're, you know, they're a name. When you see them on the schedule, when you see them anywhere, you know the name, you know the program. If you follow high school football, that should be a really big one. But also, you know, Bennett Academy going to Moline. um, That's another potential big matchup. Dunlap just got the win against Geneseo they're now going up against Rock Island so Rock Island trying to grab the win there so I think some intriguing non-conference matchups here for the Western Big Six
1: yeah um you know you're talking about Montini a team that is typically a 5A team I think they're playing in 3A this year
0: that and I don't think
1: any, and I don't think anything changed I think that's just the way the the multipliers either went away or just how it, it falls this year there's a couple of teams that are our powerhouse teams in, in bigger classes that are playing below this year. So um, yeah, what a test for Sterling. Cause I think that even though they are the bigger school, Montini is that that just program that you always see, that you would always see in Champaign, you know, and in DeKalb. So like you said, non-conference game, but really looking forward to see how both of the how both teams really stack up, you know, truthfully. So uh, yeah, can't wait to watch that one.
0: Yeah, so you pointed it out because of uh, and we got tweeted at us, uh, Jim Taylor from WRMJ Radio out in Toledo. Yeah. He, he tweeted at us. How about that small school game between IC Catholic in 2A yep. and Lombard Montini in 3A? That's right, yep. real traditional small school football there. Right, it's it's the way that the multiplier has been adjusted for success, and they they've tweaked some of the the rules on it, so it's not as significant as it used to be. So now you see some of these teams that are going to play at their enrollment level, yeah. which it is what it is. Their number enrollment is a certain number. So they fall into a certain class, but man, yeah. uh, you know, a city and, like. And, you know, we've, and we've seen
1: it in our area too, you know, uh, yep. I think Newman has, I think Newman has, you know, state titles in three different classes. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's just the way, cause those schools aren't going to have, uh, you know, the same enrollment every year. So it is, it is fair in that sense to play them against other teams of the same um, enrollment, but they're coming from different areas. They're they're pulling kids from different, you know, places. So, uh, and, you know, other factors go into that too. So
0: it's hard hard for me to justify like the city of Lombard being considered like a 2A, 3A type area or like Elmhurst, you know, like that's going to be considered like a 2A city. Like that doesn't really make much sense to me when you consider you're pulling kids from who knows how big of an area, but
1: right. Well, let let me say this. Montini and Sterling is going to be a great uniform matchup. I know that. I know that for sure. We're going to be talking about that because that's going to be a great look. Is that game at Sterling or is it, is it at Montini?
0: It is at Sterling. So, okay. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's, that's going to look good no matter what.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, let's move along. Let's move into the three rivers athletic conference. And Mitch, the big game—at least one of the big games that we talked about going into the week—Princeton versus Rock Ridge. Yep. And man, Princeton really showed just how good of a program they are and how good of a program they've become because we know the talent that Rock Ridge has, and Princeton came away with a forty-eight to seven win and just really looked, just really looked dominant. Mitch, yep. you watched a lot of that game. What did you take away from it?
1: Yeah, shout out to Tiger Central Live, uh, one of my favorite uh, presentations here in the area because they do a great job. But yeah, I think going into it, this was I think Princeton was the fourth ranked team in three A. Rockridge was the second ranked in two A. Um, and so uh, you know, shades of of the spring when we saw Princeton go up against Lena Winslow. So those are the matchups that we like to see. This is one that we didn't get in the spring where Rockridge Rockridge was six 0 Princeton was six and O two. We didn't get to see those two play each other. So. Um, you know, going into this one, I was really excited to see it and man, Princeton just did not disappoint. Um, you know, they, they, I, I don't want to say they reloaded on offense cause they reshuffled a little bit, throwing Tegan Davis in at quarterback. Um, and, and boy, they might be the tigers, but he is a cheetah. He was <laughs> everywhere on this field. Um, you know, he did it with his legs, with his arms. And even at the end of the first half, they threw a halfback pass, which, if there's any anything I can you know say against Princeton is that you could have seen that play coming from a mile away. I, I you know as soon as they lined up in it, I knew that was happening. But still, so uh, they pitch it off, and unfortunately, I don't know who threw it for the Tigers, but but Davis tossed it and he ran down the sideline. It was a beautiful pass. I think it was from the 35 or so, right into the pylon corner, and Davis caught it, just landed out of bounds. So he almost had three different uh, you know ways of scoring in the first half, but. You know, when we're talking about Rock Ridge, a team that put up 50-some points in the spring, Princeton's defense, specifically their defensive line, was in Braden Deem's kitchen all night. And if the pocket collapsed and Deem was at least able to escape, he wasn't able to escape very long. Um, And again, I don't take much away from Rock Ridge. I don't think they played, uh, you know, terribly. Um, I, I didn't see any issues with, you know, play calls or anything. I think what they're doing will bode well just not against Princeton, and that's, you know, the type of things that you see when you play. Like I said, ask Lena Winslow how that went. Lena Winslow got blown out, and Lena Winslow was one of the best 1A teams last year, at least in the spring, Um, and certainly will be in the fall, too, and we'll get to that. But Princeton being the bigger school, you certainly saw kind of the the difference makers, Um, but as, as a whole unit, Princeton on offense and on defense really sent a message to the track. Uh, that they are still the top dog and you'll have to take it from them.
0: Yeah. I, I'm really intrigued by Tegan Davis. Cause I think that it's, you know, he continues to keep that high powered offense of Princeton going, which is what we've seen the last few years, but it's such a, it's a different twist to that offense, which is really intriguing to me. So I, I I'm really curious to keep watching that. Another big matchup that we talked about going into week one The rivalry, Newman versus Morrison. Newman comes away with a 34-6 to win. And Marcus Williams really stole the headlines. 129 yards, two touchdowns, both coming on one-play drives where he just, you know, takes the ball and that's it. That drives over. He's ending with a touchdown. But I think it was really Newman's defense that kind of led the way. And they really were impressive in week one, slowing down Morrison.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, a, a great rivalry in the area and you get to see it week one, but yeah, there was the, the two big runs from Marcus Williams, I think were both from 50 yards out and he just was bouncing off Mustang defenders. So um, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't remember that name in the spring. Um, and I know Newman only played four games. And, and so maybe he, maybe he didn't play, um, but well, he showed up, that's for sure, because uh, in typical Newman fashion, they're, they're going to just run it right down your throat. Um, I, I think Morrison only had – I think they were under 100 yards. So, um, that's Newman, and they're, they're back. And it just makes me – you know, these first two games that we talked about, uh, being Princeton and Newman, they play each other in week seven. So, um, that is really one just to look down the road based off these week one scores because uh, two really solid – performances from both those teams
0: yep that was my that was why it was my viewpoint because i mean both these teams are impressive they had individuals that really stood out you know their teams to watch and we knew it going in and they and they proved it in week one moving down the list mendota gets the nice win 24 to 14 in their debut in the three rivers over east or over erie prophetstown it was a back and forth game erie prophetstown played well in this one uh uzi angulo ran for 68 yards and a pair of touchdowns to lead the trojans so that's a nice win for Mendota. Like you said, you know, in your viewpoint, getting out, getting their first win in the three rivers, moving along, another big win for St. Bede getting the 53 to nothing win over Sherrard, man, Mitch, we saw them a little bit. They kind of snuck up on us in the spring. They really look good. And there's a name there that we saw in the spring that is continuing to do the work.
1: Yeah. Back in, and in a big way, Tyreek Fortney, was all over the field in this one. Um I don't think he played past the third quarter, but at the time he had touched the ball six times and had four touchdowns. So, oh, man, uh, yeah. You know, and he had, he scored, you know, uh from handoffs and from uh catches in the backfield, but he had touchdowns from 65, 44, 91 and 67 yards. Um and like like you said, this is another team when we're talking about UT Another team that really brings a lot of momentum from the spring. St. Beat was five and one um, in the spring. And so uh, they get the win over Sherrard, the big win. Um, And and yeah, Fortney was a guy that we talked about back then. And he, again, him and Marcus Williams really uh, announcing their presence here as as top backs.
0: Yep. Looking down the list in the three rivers, Kiwani wins at home over Monmouth Roseville, 42 to eight. They looked really impressive in this one. And it was just, their defense was so opportunistic. They were, I was there for a brief time in the second quarter. And I think I at least saw three turnovers that they caused. And they were able to just capitalize on them and keep the ball moving in their direction. Uh, They had a touchdown pass when I was there. Will Bruno connected with Jaden Little. That put them up 26 to nothing. Later, the really impressive run that I saw, Cam Connolly was able just to get around the corner to the outside. And man, he was gone. He went probably 60 some yards and it just his breakaway speed was really impressive. So a great win for Kiwani on the flip side, man, Monmouth Roseville, I think there's something there, but they just too many self-inflicted, you know, wounds. They just too many turnovers and they, they just were not able to keep the ball in their possession and get the ball moving downfield. Actually at one point they had a hook and ladder run to perfection. And I think the, the guy got it down the sideline and went about 30 or 40 yards and then as he was nearing the goal line, probably at like the 15-yard line, got the ball punched out, and Kiwani recovered it. So it was <clears> like, even when you did something right, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't win. So yeah, just a tough night for Monmouth Roseville. But I liked what I saw in Kiwani. And Mitch, we'll take a pause before we keep going. Each week, we're gonna do our UniView uniform of the week. This week, let's go with Kiwani's uniform. Yeah, sure. I think maybe. Maybe me and you were kind of sleeping on on them a little bit in our original uniform rankings. A really nice all-black uniform at home. I really like the orange font and the orange numbers on the all-black. And the helmet's growing on me. It's a block K in the back of the helmet. So there's nothing on the sides, but a block K in the back. It's a really slick look. I really liked it.
1: Yeah. um, It's an Adidas Adidas set and not much that you can go wrong when you um, when you have black, orange uh, and white trim. So uh, yeah, it's a great look. And like you said, unique helmet. Uh, We don't see it a whole lot um, where it's just that matte black and and, and the Kiwani K on the back. So uh, yeah, this is a great pick for uh, for Uniview uh, week one.
0: That's right. So we'll keep doing it every week. We'll give our uh, our Uniview uniform of the week. So this week, that goes to Kiwani. Great job out there. All right, let's keep moving in around to some other results. Orion gets the road win 26 to 15 at Spring Valley Hall. Mitch, I was impressed with this score. Chip filler and the boys going down and getting a win at Hall. I think this is a good win for them.
1: Yeah, um you know, a good effort from from Hall because they outgained uh uh the Chargers. 377 to 271. According to my notes,
0: I saw that stat. That's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, good job by Orion to get that win, uh, which was rare in the spring. We knew they had the pieces and it's good to see that they, they came away. Uh, Cole Krasberg had three of the chargers four touchdowns, um, for hall. It was a name that we talked about. Um, Dominic Guarini scored both of their touchdowns. So, um, yeah, this was a good classic game. Um, that we saw when we're going to talk about uniforms here, Greg, that oh, saw the, yeah. all deb- I don't know if they debuted this, but it was certainly a new look, a black helmet that whatever was seen as a red helmet with, with devils written in white. This was black with, with devils written in white. So um, a different look, not my favorite, but uh, that's not the point of this one. Cause it's good to see Chip Viller and, uh, and the chargers get the win here.
0: Yeah. So while most people on a Friday night are tweeting like live updates, and did you see this and this score and this touchdown? Meanwhile, yeah. me and Mitch are saying, did you see this uniform? Did you see this yeah. helmet? So that's, yeah. that's, that's the truth. That's what we're tweeting. Or, we're texting about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move down the list. Our last game in the three river athletic conference. Mitch is a game. You already brought up Bureau Valley. Congrats to head coach, Matt pistol coming away with the 47 to 12 home victory over Riverdale. And, man, this was – it was really nice to see, like you said, a program that's been struggling to get those wins, to get that win at home. And what I thought was really interesting was a play that could have went really bad from the very beginning was Bureau Valley's third offensive play. Levi Hardy goes eight yards. He's open, gets the ball punched out. His teammate, Leighton Britt, scoops it up, goes another 35 yards for a touchdown. And I read the quote from, uh, from Coach Pistol. You know, those are the breaks that Bureau Valley has been waiting for. Like we haven't gotten yeah. those in recent years. So good for them to get those breaks, but a total team effort from the storm. They really look good in this one.
1: Yeah. If, you know, if, if one guy is going to fumble and the other one's going to pick it up, you couldn't ask for a better duo than, than Hardy and brick. Cause they, they both had two touchdowns in this game, regardless of how they did it. They both had two touchdowns <laughs> yeah. in this game. Um, and just like we said, you know, they, they, They've been through a lot the past couple of years, uh, both on the field and off the field. You, know, you get to Saturday, you get out there in, in Manlius, sun shining. They got their light blues on uh, and they come away with a win. So it's a great scene. Uh, just um, I, I couldn't watch enough of the videos of the celebration because uh, you feel so good for, the, for that team. And, um, uh, you know, we hope that this is going to continue for them and hope that this gives them the momentum that they they've been missing for, for a little while.
0: Yeah. I just, I kept thinking about, you know, when I saw that they got this win and I kept thinking about, it's hard for a coach like coach pistol to step into a program and have to do a turnaround. I mean, that that's hard in any situation, but especially when you step into a program like Bureau Valley that has had success at the highest level, they won a state championship, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and he knows it, you know, coach pistol knows it as well as anybody being, you know, being from around the area. So for him to know that that success has been there and there are fans and there are people sitting there watching saying, why can't we get back to that? And I think that sure, this is just one small step, but it's a big one. It's, it's good yeah. to finally get that win. So congrats to them. And hopefully it's the sign of good things to come for that, for that Bureau Valley program.
1: Yeah. And you know, looking at their schedule, they've got Sherrard next week. So a good chance for the storm to go two and O not to take anything away from Sherrard, but, uh, a matchup that is good for Bureau Valley. Um, and so hopefully uh, we see Sherrard get their first one of the season or we see Bureau Valley be two and O. So uh, that's, that's a game that I'll be, I'll be interested in next week for sure.
0: Well, Mitch, that is a perfect segue into the week two matchups in the three rivers. Let's look down the list here. Kiwani goes on the road to Morrison. That one immediately stands out to me as Kiwani, a team that looked really good in week one, looking to keep building that momentum. They're going on the road to a Morrison team. That's antsy to kind of flip the script. They went up against a really good Newman team, but I'm sure, man, they're hungry to get back at it. That'll be an interesting matchup to see how that one un- unfolds. Uh, like you mentioned, Bureau Valley going on the road to Sherrard. Mendota going on the road to Riverdale. They're looking to keep the wins piling up. St. Bede is at Erie Prophetstown, Princeton on the road at Orion, which could be an interesting matchup. Both teams at 1-0. Spring Valley Hall on the road at Monmouth Roseville. And then I think one of the big ones that will stand out to both of us, I'm sure Newman on the road at rock Ridge. Mitch, what do you think about that one? Where's your head go there?
1: Well, um, like you, you, you immediately goes to rock Ridge, you know, how, how do they respond from from a tough loss, from a big loss in week one? Um, Can they get that offense back to what it was in the spring? Can they get, brain and peyton lock uh you know in step and really get that going because they're going to need to because newman is going to come right at them the same way that princeton did um and so on on the newman side can they continue to do that it is is morrison always the the greatest litmus test not always i don't mean that in a bad way you know but it's just how it how it's been And, and certainly the way that newman made it look on saturday so um, yeah, a game that we had circled in the preseason. Um, the excitement for that one hasn't wavered in any means. So uh yeah, that's a good pick for uh to have our eyeballs on.
0: All right, well, let's move into the Lincoln Trail Conference. Let's look at the matchups that were in week one. You had Annawan Weathersfield hosting United, they come away with a 32 to 12 win. Mitch, this was the game I was at my first game on Friday night. Uh, like we talked about, man, it was great to be back on the sidelines. I love going to an Anoan Weatherfield game. I was excited to see what they could do. And Darius Dickerson showed me something early. He had a really nice run, about thirty or forty some yards to break it open on the opening drive. United immediately answered um, and tied it up at six. And uh, I have an apology here because once I got once I got two touchdowns and I had some plays that set up those touchdowns. I had to keep moving because I had three Mm -hmm. games to shoot. So my apology goes out to Cole Truxell because he immediately, as I'm walking (laughs) to my car, runs off a 52-yard touchdown run, and I hear the PA announcer, and the crowd goes crazy, and I hear it. So my apologies to Cole Truxell because I I missed your highlight, man. I'm I'm sorry. I was already getting in the car.
1: Yeah. That brings back old memories of when we used to do that. Cause that (laughs) certainly happens. It's just the nature of the beast, but uh, yeah, you get what you can and you got to go.
0: Yeah. So credit to Anwan Weathersfield, they came away, um, you know, they were in a battle early and they kind of pulled away. Like I thought they might on the United side of things. I think they have some pieces there too, to have some success. Uh, Cormac Flynn is a running back that uh, looks like a real athlete. He scored when I was there. And also Abel Wilson, had a huge catch he got tripped up at you know the five yard line or so which that was what set up the Flynn touchdown so I think there's some pieces in place to United they struggled in the spring but hopefully they can get some things moving in the fall as for Anwan Weathersfield it it's what we you know what you thought you'd see out of them you know they look good and I think they have some new pieces but like truck and you know guys guys who've been around that know how to win on that program
1: yeah yeah um... You know, obviously when you have a new coach like we do in Anaheim Weathersfield, good to get a, a win in your first week. So, uh, congrats to the Titans because, um, you know, like you said, they keep doing what they're doing. But as we move down throughout this conference for this week, you see some newcomers who really sent a message. And when we, when we say that, uh, talking about Knoxville and talking about A-Town.
0: Yeah, well, let's get into them right now. Knoxville gets the win over Princeville, 42-7. to A-Town gets the big win. 40-12 to 12 over Rova Williamsfield. So two of the newcomers in the Lincoln Trail look really good in week one. Looking at some of the numbers for Knoxville, Peyton Hankins led the Blue Bullets with 141 rushing yards. Kellen McClay also added 102 yards on nine carries. So those are a couple names to keep in mind throughout the season for Knoxville. Next game down the list, Stark County gets the 33-14 to 14 win over Ridgewood. Um, they had some big numbers in the rushing game. And actually what I thought was really funny about this game, I saw a tweet afterwards. Like I said, they were good. Great on the ground. After the game, Rebels head coach Jade Nord tweeted out that in his 17 years of coaching, that was the first time he had zero pass attempts. Mitch, they didn't even, they didn't even try to pass the ball. They didn't need to.
1: Yeah, you, you see that uh, with with the Navy, uh, but you don't yeah, right. see it a lot um, at, at the high school level. But hey, it, it worked for them. Maybe that's maybe that's the blueprint for the Rebels because um, that's a really good Ridgewood team that they beat. That's a playoff team from 2019, uh, a quarterfinal playoff team from 2019. So, um, yeah, congrats to, to Stark County because when you've got Jack Meanders, uh, you know Daniel Kaiser. Um, having or i should say running that that attack for them uh they combined for three touchdowns so uh for ridgewood gavin mcdonough had 20 rushes for 117 for for them so a good performance from him too so uh hopefully ridgewood re, you know rebounds from this um and, and gets it going here in the ltc because uh, uh both teams i should say to see how they the rest of the these eight weeks play out
0: yeah i like what i saw in stark county this week like i said obviously If you can rush the ball that effectively, you know, that's a great thing. They didn't even need to pass the ball. Once they got the lead, they didn't have to worry about it. I think a big part of that comes up front. I think they looked really good up front. They got some big bodies up there to really move the pile. And so I think that could be a key for them. But in general, like I kind of mentioned in my viewpoint, it's just, I think, really important for this Stark County team to get a little confidence early in the Mm -hmm. season, you know, with as much as they struggled in the spring and, and they even struggled going back to 2019 a little bit for this program standards. I think this program needs that confidence boost and they certainly got it here in week one, um, looking down the list, the last game in the Lincoln trail conference that we'll talk about Farmington with big win against Mercer County 41 to nothing man for a Mercer County program that it's just, it's a clunker. I mean, I, they played hard, but Farmington's a really good team and they showed it 41 nothing is the final on that one. Let's look at what we have ahead in the Lincoln Trail this week. A-Town goes on the road to Stark County. Ridgewood is at Rova williamsfield Knoxville is at Mercer County. Princeville at United. And Annawan weathersfield goes on the road to West Hancock. The game that stands out to me, Knoxville going on the road to Mercer County. That, I mean, right away, I mean, Mercer County, they're reeling off a tough loss against Farmington. Knoxville looks good once again that's a tough one for them can a town keep it rolling or can stock or can Stark county keep it rolling both teams going one and all against each other squaring off in week two yep all right Mitch for our final conference we'll jump into the northwest upstate Illini we'll start with the Lena Winslow Panthers that's kind of where we always start in the NUIC I feel like they've deserved that that uh, calling so they get the big win 54 to 6 over Eastland Pearl City it was a slow start. They were penalized early in the first quarter. The defense stepped up, a fumble recovery, a pick six. That created the separation. And, man, they, they were off to doing what they do. Some names that we know that we've been, you know, keying in on, we've been excited to watch. They were getting the job done in week one.
1: Yeah, uh, we were kind of proud of a, a spring season from Mari Roby uh, with, with a leg injury, but he's back, and he is not missing a step at all. He had 76 yards on the ground. Uh, with a touchdown. He had an interception as well on, on the defensive side. So uh, this was a typical Lena Winslow game. Um, and again, Ethan Fye, yeah, a, a name that we talked about, had a touchdown. Um, so uh, again, it's, you know, they didn't do a whole lot of reloading at Lee Win. They brought a lot of people back. Um, and so it's good because I think that they would have been one of those teams that if if the spring season, you know, either one had playoffs or, or two, if it was a normal season and we had played back in the fall, they would have been a playoff team and made a really deep run. So I think that now that we're back to normal, we're going to see Lee win. We're going to see them roll in this conference and we're going to see them uh, make a lot of moves um, as they get towards the Cal because they, uh, they showed no reason why they won't do that here with this win.
0: Yeah. Another uh, name, Brady Ilders, had 68 yards on 10 carries, two touchdowns. He also had the pick six, so he had a big game for Lee Win as well. They're just a team; they're they're solid. Um, they're they're really good, and I think they'll continue to look impressive. Uh, let's keep looking down the list. Another impressive win from the NUIC. Forreston gets the 38 to 14 win over Stockton. Devontae King Black, 12 carries, 85 yards. Noah Johnson rushed eight times for 96 yards. This is, you know, a team that we expect to rush the ball. They did it. They did it well in week one.
1: Yeah. Uh, And a team that I think it was either you or, or Kyle had mentioned that Forreston might've been your dark horse favorite to take that leap over Lena Winslow. And so they certainly uh, got off on the right foot. They've got, they've got some good players. They've got Devontae King black. He had 85 yards on the ground. Noah Johnson had 96 yards on the ground. Um, so, yeah, a great, a great you know, power win, so to speak, for Forreston um, here in week one against a good Stockton team, a team that we liked. And um, so when you when you you know look at that conference as, as a whole and you've you got Lena Winslow being who they are and you add Fulton, Forreston really needs to be on their toes every week, and uh, they certainly were here.
0: Yep. Let's keep going down the list. Fulton gets the big win over Galena, 14-13. Like you mentioned in your viewpoint, Fulton joining the NUIC and getting the big win. This one sounded like a great game, a defensive yeah. battle, but just a great NUIC football game.
1: A really good defensive game. Games that really kind of, or it was a game that reminds you both of what Fulton football is like and what Galena football is like, you know really, really tough, really hard hitting because Galena gave Lena Winslow a pretty a hard game here in his last uh, last spring. Um, Fulton had to reload. I know they lost their dynamic quarterback. He graduated, but, uh, they, they pick up right where they left off. They were four and one or five and one in the spring. So got on the board in the second corner with a touchdown, uh, Patrick heading Jacob Jones for a 20 yard, uh, TD Galena answered right back. Ethan Heffel to Brady Schusterhorn plus a, uh, an extra point. They were leading seven, six at halftime. Uh, but then Fulton comes back. They switched up a little bit because Jacob Jones throws a TD pass this time. So we've got Jones, on the receiving end and the throwing end, which is, which is a nice dynamic. He hits Brock Mason.
0: Yeah. And he only threw that one pass. So I'm guessing just trying to decipher the the game stats, it must've been a designed, you know, wide receiver pass or kind of a, you know, wildcat type situation, but really interesting, you know, kind of switching up things there.
1: Yeah. uh, Maybe the greatest uh, efficiency rating in Fulton history. So he should just throw that playbook out. Uh, It's, you know, it's done. Um, Galena scored with three minutes left but they couldn't convert the, the extra point. I, I don't know if they tried to kick it or if they went for two, um, but uh, you know, good to see Galena uh, again, being right there. Um, Kind of like when we talked about earlier in the Galesburg Dunlap game, teams that are, are are getting to that, you know, fighting to the very last second. And that's good to see here in week
0: one. Yeah. The, the, this just see, it lived up to the hype. This was a game I was really excited about and just reading through it. um, You know, this one lived up to it. I'm excited to see what, Both teams can do moving forward. I think that, yeah, Galena came up a little bit short, but they have a lot to take out of that. That's a defensive effort on both ends from Fulton and from Galena. And, you know, Fulton comes away with the win. Moving down the list, Dupec, a team we were both really high on coming into the season. They get the win 24 to eight over East Dubuque. Junior, AJ Mulcahy goes for seven yards. He gave the Rivermen an eight, nothing lead in the closing minutes of the first quarter. So a little bit of a slow start for what we would, you know, anticipate from a Dupac offense, but I give credit to East Dubuque's defense for being ready to go in week one against that high powered, uh, you know, Riverman offense, the second half Rivermen would get, would get going. They would score um, Bryce Fizenko and uh, Trenton Tyler or Trenton Taylor both scored in the third quarter that built up their lead. And they ended up winning, you know, running away with it from there. Duran Pecatonica gets the win. But, man, East Dubuque played well.
1: Yeah, it's a high-powered Dupec offense that East Dubuque slowed down a little bit. But, really, it was also that way for, for Dupec. They were led by Jake Anderson on the defensive side. He had eight tackles, two, two sacks that equaled 20 yards uh, for a loss. So, uh, when you've got dynamic players like that coming at you, uh, you know, your, your offense, if you're East Dubuque, might struggle to get off going. So um, I, I expect both teams to, to you know, uh, learn from this game um, and uh, and move forward, but a good one, yeah. but a good win for Dupac for sure.
0: Yep. I agree. You know, that getting that first win in week one, when, you know, maybe things aren't all flowing the way they will later in the season, but you still can get that win. That's a big one. And Mitch, one last game to talk about in the NUIC 11 man division. We had a little Monday night football. Marquette and Dakota were postponed on Saturday afternoon when it got too hot. They completed the game tonight. Marquette defeats Dakota 42-22. Let's move into the eight-man ranks. The big one in the eight-man division on our side of the state was the rivalry renewed between Milledgeville and Polo. Man, mm-hmm. this one this one was an eight-man shootout. Polo comes away with the 40-38 win man instant classic shootout game like I said tied at 26 at the half with just over five minutes left in the fourth quarter Polo tied the game up and then they went for two and got it grabbed the 40 to 38 lead and uh, then an interception would later seal it with about a minute left in the game so man just a ton of fun and way to kind of set the tone for that eight-man uh, football experience out there in the northwest of State Illini.
1: Yeah, and, and a good uh, debut despite the loss from Milledgeville. This is the first time that they've played eight-man football. Um, they've got a really good quarterback in Connor Nye, uh, a dual-threat guy. So, um, yeah, to take on a, an established, you know, eight-man team like Polo and, and take them down, you know, literally to the final minutes of the game, I think it's going to bode well for Milledgeville. So, uh, kudos to them on, on getting their, you know, their eight-man uh, status off and running and uh, look forward to seeing how they're going to do the rest of the way out.
0: Yeah. uh, A team like Milledgeville and then a team like we'll talk about in Aquin. I'm excited to see teams like that and Orangeville and, you know, West Central, even going out of the West and Northwest upstate Illini teams with established programs that are kind of making that move to eight man. I think it really bulks up what eight man is. And that was an exciting game to see another one. Man, if you're an Aquin fan, you got to be excited for their debut in eight man football. They get the win 52 to eight over River Ridge. Uh, A couple other matchups South Beloit 52 to 14 over AFC, Orangeville with a big debut in eight man football 67 to 14, Amboy 52 to nothing. They shut out Peoria Heights and West Central edges Flanagan Cornell Woodland 42 to 40. So, one of those, uh, you know, other eight man shootout type of games, yeah. But, um, you know, Mitch, so much to run down real quick. We'll talk about the games. What to, what to look for in week two of the Northwest Upstate Illini. First from the 11-man ranks, we have East Dubuque at Fulton. Galena is in a non-conference game on the road way down south, I believe near St. Louis area in Madison, Illinois. They're okay. going uh, for a road trip. Eastland-Pearl City is at Stockton. We also have Dakota will be on the road at Lena Winslow, and Forreston will be at Dupec. So that's a big one. Forest and at Dupec, yeah. I think is is the game that kind of stands out to me in the northwest of Illini.
1: Yeah, one that'll uh you know set the set the scene, set the stage, I guess, for the rest of the the rest of the season, really. Kind of one of those swing games, so to speak, you know, which team can get that win. Like we talked about. This is a conference that, that you're gonna see a lot of teams that are gonna be in that five, six win range. And so every one matters, and these are one of those games that um, could it be two potential playoff teams? So, uh, yeah, excited to see that one for sure.
0: Yeah. The other one that stands out to me is East Dubuque at Fulton. I think East Dubuque played well, they didn't get the win against Dupec, but I think they played fairly well. Can they come away with a win? Can they steal a win at Fulton? That's what I'm interested to see. And the other one is Eastland, Pearl city and Stockton, both looking to avoid zero two starts. Mm-hmm. So, a big game there. Because obviously once you, you know, start looking at 0-2 down the road, it gets harder and harder to find yep. those five wins. So I think yep. that's another one that I'm, that I'm looking at too. So, um, and Galena going on the long road trip, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's always tough because it's just, you know, out of your normal routine to go that far on the road. So, you know, they're looking to bounce back, see if they can get the road win um, at Madison. So Mitch, let's look through some eight-man football coming up in week two. South Beloit at River Ridge. West Prairie is at West Central, Amboy is at Milledgeville. Those are some of the games in the 8 man ranks. So uh Milledgeville looking to get back in the win column, um getting looking to get their first 8 man win there um against against Amboy. Lots of great games coming up in week 2. Man, it's it's exciting to be in the middle of it now, you know. We've yeah. talked about it for so long and you know now now every game has potential playoff implications and Yep. It feels so much better to say that than it did in the spring when we were just, you know, every game was kind of in a vacuum. So,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, when we talk about Western big six there, you know, this, the second week is, is going to be a lot more of those crossover games with middle line. Yep. Um, and so not to take away from those games at all, because they certainly matter for, uh, for, for playoff points and, and or, or playoff uh, rankings, I should say. Um, but when you look at like the track and you look at like the NUIC where they're playing, you know, every single team is playing nine conference games and they just mean, uh, it, maybe a little bit more, at least, you know, in terms of the conference. So, um, yeah, week one of the books, uh, and it was everything we were hoping for and, uh, it can only go up from here. So, uh, looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, we'll be tweeting stuff out. You can follow us on Twitter at view from West pod. We'll be talking about it all week and we'll be getting you ready for uh, week two action, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to get back out there on the sidelines and shoot some high school football. And uh, Mitch, you'll be following along and we'll be, yep. I'm sure we'll be talking and texting uniforms. So.
1: Yeah, uh, it'll be a typical Friday night for us.
0: <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thank you everyone so much for listening. We'll see you next week. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestpod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, viewfromwestpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.